0: Each week, I'll be sharing insightful and inspiring birth stories and advice in the hopes to help you create your own positive birth experience. I'm your host, Skye Marie. Let's get into today's show. Welcome back, everyone. On today's episode, we explore the fascinating journey of Alana and her nine birth experiences. Alana grew up in a community where natural and undisturbed births were celebrated as the norm fostering a positive outlook on childbirth. Witnessing her close friend giving birth further deepened her understanding of the process and prepared her for her own journey into motherhood. Alana's initiation into motherhood was a deeply sacred and intimate experience as she gave birth at home with only her husband by her side. Her following births echoed a similar pattern with swift arrivals earthside. However, the birth of her fifth child brought forth new challenges as Alana experienced intense pain due to her baby's posterior position, leaving her with some apprehension for her next labor. During her seventh pregnancy, complications arose when she experienced an antepartum hemorrhage, leading to an emergency transfer from her rural hospital for a managed delivery. This would be the first time Alana gave birth without her husband present. Although her next birth in hospital went smoothly without any interventions, she felt a disconnect and missed the sense of sacredness she experienced when birthing at home. Alana began her ninth pregnancy with hospital care but eventually decided to follow her instincts and return to her birthing roots. Today we hear the profound reflections and lessons Alana learned from her unique birth experiences and how her husband's gentle reassurance that she had everything she needed within her served as a guiding light when overwhelmed at the thought of birthing without him. Enjoy the episode. Alana, welcome to Positive Birth Australia. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me on Sky, even at um, late notice. Yeah, oh, thank you so much for being available at such late notice. I appreciate it. You're right. So to start off the episode, could you just let the listeners know a little bit about yourself? Yeah, great. Um, So uh,
1: I'm a mum of nine um, with... Uh, children ranging um, between the ages of two and a half and 15. Mm -hmm. Um, I live in central Queensland in a small country town um, and we live on a rural property uh, with my uh, sister-in-law and, uh, sorry, my sister and my brother-in-law and my mum and my dad. Uh, We all live on the same property in different houses
0: Um, and I homeschool my children. Amazing. Wow, what a woman. Now, That's a lot of babies, and you don't seem that old. So when did you begin? (laughs) (laughs) I I like to think I'm still young. Um,
1: Definitely. Yeah. uh, So I had my first
0: when I was 17.
1: Um, Yeah, and then um, they've averaged
0: like every 18 months or two years since then. Wow, that's incredible. And did you know from a young age that you wanted to have a big family? Yeah, definitely. In fact, I joke that um,
1: in high school I always said that I wanted 10 children.
0: Wow.
1: but then I go, oh, you know, that was before I had actual children, you yeah. know, and I didn't know what it was like. But now I have but, nine, I'm almost there. Anyway. Yeah,
0: exactly. Okay, so what is it like to have nine children? Because I know everyone listening right now is thinking, how? How do you do this? Because I have three kids and it's, you know, pretty overwhelming.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. But I think, like, I know a lot of people ask me this once you get past that three to four it was four for me sometimes it's three for others you don't really notice much more it's like it's wreaked right. its peak of chaos around then yeah, um, okay. it's just you know a little bit more noise a little bit more cooking a little bit more like washing and everyone just kind of fits in together
0: yeah because I suppose you're doing it anyway aren't you so it's just a little that's extra. exactly
1: right yeah. yeah yeah that's that's exactly it like you're already in the trenches of parenting by the time you have three children. So yeah. you don't really notice that more. After
0: that. <laughs> Good to know. Not that we're going to have any more, but it is handy information to have. <laughs> okay. So what is your guys plan? Is your family complete now or will you continue to leave that door open? Uh, the door is always open for us. Right. Um, we are Catholics, so we are always open to life.
1: Um, uh, although we have chosen to space, um our next couple of children if we have any more um, if that's what god chooses to give us so um i i wouldn't say that we are finished um but i just don't know when the next one might come
0: yeah okay (laughs) amazing so how are you because you know that long being pregnant let alone breastfeeding have you breastfed all your babies
1: yeah i have so um This is the first time actually in 15 years that I haven't been um, pregnant, breastfeeding or both at the same time. Um, And I did tandem feed a couple as well. Um, So like, you know, asking me that now where I'm not, waking up multiple times a night to feed a baby and all of that I'm going yeah I'm fine but (laughs) you know have had you asked me 12 months ago when I was like tandem feeding and stuff I would have been like oh my gosh no I'm just so depleted I can't do anymore Mm. um but yeah yeah in the last 12 months I have really focused on um like repairing that depletion as well so
0: amazing well done I take my hat off to you now, let's get into your births because we have quite a few to get through. Yeah. <laughs> you were 17 years old when you first fell pregnant. So what was your perception of birth at that stage?
1: Um, well, thankfully, it was really, really positive. We, we lived in a, like, a great small town community that um, just lived and breathed natural birth, like that there wasn't any other way to birth except naturally. How um, amazing is that? Yeah. So, so my mum um, had seven children herself, um, and my youngest brother, um, he was uh, two when I fell pregnant, um, and she'd had all natural births and, um, really, really uncom- uncomplicated labours, um, and pregnancies. I had been invited when I was um, 16 to go and witness the birth of another close family friend. So it was just um, – it was really normalised to to just let your body do what it naturally needed to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And how was it to witness a birth?
1: Um, it was
0: amazing actually, Like, like really
1: amazing, especially yeah. as a 16-year-old. I really didn't know what I was walking into – um, in terms of like, I guess you could say like the nitty gritty of birth, um, yeah. But um, it was it was actually the, the family friend. It was her seventh child, I think, as well. Um, and she went on to have thirteen oh, wow. um, of her own, and um, and so she had an unassisted home birth, um, and it was her first water birth, and it was just it was just beautiful, like um, just to see her so inter- uninterrupted um, during that process, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Any fears around birth? I know you had a healthy perception of it, but was there any fears when it came to your time to actually go through the process? Um
1: honestly, no, but I will say that that could have been because I was quite young and naive as well. Um so I because I all I had been exposed to exposed to is the positives. I I hadn't really seen any negatives in birth, so I I didn't have any fears surrounding that because I'd seen so no negatives. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um,
0: and how was that first birth for you? Uh,
1: it was great. It was like textbook, really. Wow. Um, I I went in, actually went into labour at about thirty six and a half weeks, um, which is a little bit early. Um, but I, I I didn't even think of that at the time. To be honest, I was just like, oh yeah, you know, pretty much term. Like I guess. This is what happens, being first baby. Um, mm. And uh, it was just my husband and I, uh, we, um, we free-birthed our first. Um, and, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I had – I was super organised. I had all of these things laid out that he put together. And uh, we actually had some friends staying over the night at our house. And I woke up in the early morning in labour and, you know, they – went around and set things up for me and they were they were actually male friends that of my husband's oh. that were staying over but they were just so caring oh, I even beautiful. remember um he he made me a cup of tea and a biscuit
0: oh.
1: and like he gave me a cup of tea and a biscuit and I was well and truly in active labor by then and I just looked at it and I was like I don't need cup of biscuit <laughs> right now but
0: you know he was just so caring that yeah. he like he wanted to do something to help bless him <laughs> So was there any point, I know you said that you were a bit naive about birth, but um, was there any point where you thought to yourself, wow, this is really intense? Definitely.
1: Um, like the transition was quite quick. Like the whole labour I said, was only three hours. So transition probably only went for like 10 or 15 minutes at the most. Okay. Um, so that was quite quick. And, um, and then the pushing stage, maybe only a few minutes as well. So there was there was there's always that point in every single one of my labors where I I go through transition I go I can't do this Mm. like yeah I'm just freaking out I want to get out of here I just want to run I just want to get out of my body and sprint as far as I can away from this whole situation (laughs) (laughs) um but obviously that passes um the only thing I would do differently in that birth is like I said it was just my husband and I and that's the way I wanted it like I, I saw birth as very private and very intimate and I didn't want anyone else there but I do remember in transition like my husband obviously he knew the baby was going to be there soon and he goes I'm just going to go and get some more towels and I just like grabbed him by the shirt I said you can't leave me you have to stay right here and it was at that point where like looking back I'm like okay we maybe need an extra person there next time to like do the running around
0: if I want him to be there the whole time so yeah yeah. And were you, you obviously living on the property at that time, were you? So did you have extra support? Um, no, from... we, were, we were in our own
1: home. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, but it was just down the road from my parents' um, house. And, uh, you know, so they were close by as well. Uh, my mum was actually out of town at the time, but my dad had gone to get a submersible water heater to mm-hmm. keep the birth pill warm um, from a friend down the road who does them. Water births as well, and he ducked out. And by the time he got back to drop off the heater, he knocked at the door, and he said he called out, "I'm just going to leave the heater here at the door." Um, and then the baby had been born in that time, so we called him in, and he was the first one to meet her. So that was really nice. Aww,
0: yeah, so beautiful. And how were you feeling after that birth experience?
1: Super empowered. Like I was just on cloud nine. Um, mm. <laughs> you know, and that just made me fall in love with the whole birthing process like even more you know like I, I just wanted to go back again
0: yeah that. and you did eight yeah. more times yeah I did. <laughs> and in terms of um then going back for another baby is it is it like a decision okay we're ready for our next one or is it just you continue to keep that door open and when it happens it happens
1: yeah basically yep yeah. so um yeah we we don't do anything to prevent um uh yeah we just keep that door open
0: yeah okay and when did you realize that you had fallen pregnant again was it um like an intuitive feeling or had you missed your cycle well no I
1: obviously when I I I had got my um cycle back very early and I have with all of my children um at about that like 12 weeks postpartum (laughs) um despite exclusively breastfeeding um Yeah, so um, I think I was about four months postpartum when I found out I was pregnant again. Um, Yeah, so that was – I mean, I was excited, but like I said, I was young and probably a little bit naive, um, and I didn't know really what that entailed for me. Mm -hmm. So that ended my breastfeeding journey early, which I – was not prepared for i you know i was surrounded by people that breastfed their babies like till they were four you know like that was the norm for me for me to not make it to one year old was like i i struggled with that a lot um, i think yeah
0: yeah okay and was that just because your milk changed
1: or yeah definitely i think
0: just because she was so young
1: still like i just Mm. couldn't keep up with that being pregnant and breastfeeding at the same time the other ones as um they were a little bit older when I fell pregnant again and, you know, had me a little bit of solids and milk wasn't their completely like sole source of nutrition. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was able to uh, manage to keep them going, you know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. And just jumping back to your first birth before we move on, you said that you had her around 36 weeks. So was she really tiny?
1: Um, She was a little bit smallish, um so six pounds six so two 2.9 okay. kilos i think so like not tiny yeah. um
0: and being 17 might have also had an impact on how far along you could gestate that's right
1: yeah and and um, but i mean if you judge that by the ones that i have that gone a full term um that were like you know 3.4 kilos 3.8 kilos like that was probably on par for her gestation mm. um had she gone to term she probably would have weighed you know the same as the others yeah
0: yeah okay yeah. now your second pregnancy let's go through that experience how was it
1: uh yeah still super excited just looking forward to my birth um so the next baby came um at 38 weeks so that was a little i, I struggled a little bit with that um one because i felt like i had been pregnant for two pregnancies without a break almost you know what I'm saying like it felt like I'd been pregnant for 18 months instead of nine months (laughs) um so and I had this expectation in my head that um you know oh my last baby came at 36 weeks I'll expect around the same um so it it almost felt like I went over and I should have had in my head that you know babies come when they want to come and that I could go two weeks over and all of that so that was a little bit to get around um and I think, like, for that last two weeks before he was born, I just spent, like, um, every night, you know, going, oh, this could be the night, you know, I'll just set up and make sure everything's ready. Um, and I remember the night I went into labour with him, I was just I was just so done. I was like, you know what, there's no point. Like, he's obviously not coming to his due date. I'm just going to go to bed and, like, not worry about anything. And, like, I didn't even clean up after dinner or anything. I just went straight to bed. And... Um, that was at about 8.30. I went to bed and at 9.30 I, I actually opened my eyes and screamed out with my first contraction. Like it was a full-on like body-shaking contraction. I went, oh, my gosh, what is happening? And that was my first contraction of labour and he was born 56 minutes later.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's
1: so wild. like it went from like nothing to like 100 to in, yeah, next to no time.
0: Yeah, that's mind-blowing how quick it was. Yeah,
1: I know, from, like, like I didn't even have any warning or anything. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we didn't get the birth pill set up or <laughs> anything like that. It was, yeah, you know, I think my husband ran about in a panic to go and drag it out from, like, in the garage, and I was like, it's too late. Like, don't even bother.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Baby's already here. So, do you remember any of your inner dialogue during that experience? Because I feel like you know a lot of people that don't know how birth works would think that's amazing, super yeah. fast. That's what I want, but it's actually way more intense, Much, isn't yeah.
1: it? Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. Um, I think, um, and I've had other quick ones since then too. He was in a really great position, which I, help, I think helped. Um, with others that I've had that are quick, but being in a poor position, and my body hasn't had time to put them in a better position, they have felt a lot worse. But I think because he was so well positioned, um, it it wasn't
0: bad. Yeah, okay. And how long after that birth experience did you then fall pregnant again?
1: Uh, Yeah, so uh, there's about 18 months um between the next ones, so uh, i was about nine months
0: postpartum when i fell pregnant again can i just ask how does that how did that make you feel because of course it's such a blessing and you're you know you're welcoming all these little souls in but you're also carrying birthing and breastfeeding right. which yeah, is a yes. lot on the body you know
1: yeah um yeah it it, it wasn't a shock but I, I remember saying oh i wish i had a little bit more of a break yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but it's still welcome and we're still just so excited and like you know in awe of you know this new baby that we got to meet again so yeah, yeah um it, it you know that that little fleeting moment of like oh you know I could have had a bit more of a break didn't last very long at all
0: yeah so how was that pregnancy for you were you uh still breastfeeding at that point
1: Uh, Yes. So I, so like I said, I fell um, pregnant again when um, that second baby was nine months um, and then I breastfed him until it was a year um, while I was pregnant. Um, And then he just self-weaned himself um, just because I didn't have the milk there. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So that was fine. um, And I, I had lost – so I had put on about 30 kilos to those first two pregnancies. So I had lost that before I fell pregnant with my third. Um, like, so that was good. <laughs> um, you know, I wasn't just keep piling on the weight sort of thing. I was able to get back to a healthy weight range. Um, so that was good and I stayed active. Um, you know, I got interested in going to the gym and things like that during my third pregnancy, which I think was really good for my mental health as well. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so we were living with my parents while we built our new house um, and uh, we were staying up in um, like a transportable building on their property um, that had not – it didn't have its own bathroom but it had three bedrooms in it. Um, and I remember um, I had a lot of uh, – like I had – it was about that time that I be, like became diagnosed with irritable uterus and I had that for the rest of – the pregnancies after that so I had a lot of Braxton Hicks leading up to labor with her like every night um just yeah like lots of pre-labor and um really powerful like to the point like I don't know it, it's just so painful and to the point where I just didn't even know when I was actually in real labor anymore like whether it would just taper out or whether it would just keep going mm. um, and, and these could come, like, every three minutes for six hours. Like, wow. it was just so tiring. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, and, and my, my stomach would just be so sore by the end of it, you know. Um, so I remember having that a lot um, probably in the last four weeks of her pregnancy. Um, and so when I, when I had that in the morning when I woke up, I went, oh, you know, here we go another day with this. And I was 30 weeks by this stage. Um, and I just looked, I, I got up and my mom said, oh, you just look so tired. Like, how about I take the kids to the library and you go and have a rest sort of thing, which was so nice of her. <laughs> um, and I said, oh, thanks. Like I could just really do with that. And I went and laid down and things really like started heating up. Um, and so I made my way, like, oh, cause I was laying down on the couch. I made my way, way up to the donga, and I'd passed my dad, um, and he said, oh, are you feeling all right? And I said, oh, like, I don't know, this could be the start of something but I'm really not sure. Um, and my husband, he's a firefighter so he had left to go and do some, like, inspections on properties um, to see if they are compliant for fire rating and stuff. Anyway, he, he'd gone with the area director and he said to me, oh, look, you know, I'll be around. If you need me, just call me and I'll come straight home sort of thing. And I said, okay, that's fine. Like it could just be nothing like normal. Like I'll just go and have a lay down and see how it goes. And so I'd gone up to this transporter wheel building and laid down in bed and Um, it ramped up quite quickly while I was up there um, to the point where I I couldn't walk back down anymore out of the building. Oh. And so I was just stuck up there. Oh, no. Um, Yeah. (gasps) And so I rang my dad and I said, oh, dad, do you mind filling up the birth pill for me? And he said, look, it's already half full. I knew when I looked at oh, you. Oh, bless him. <laughs> yeah. That's so cute. And I was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> um, and then I called my husband and I said, oh, are you, you're nearly done with those checks yet. Like I think you should probably come home soon when you're finished. <laughs> no, I just don't like to like panic anyone. So I always just like have this really, you know, whenever you're ready, yeah. you're like, yeah. <laughs> oh, birth baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and so he said all right I'll I'll come home sort of thing and um it was like during that time when he was on his way home that 10 minutes that I was like okay I've got to get out of this building (laughs) and down to the birth pool." so I would just wait for a contraction to hit and then I'd just make a run for it (laughs) 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 afterwards and then I'd stop wait for the next one and then make a run for it and like it's probably it was probably only 20 meters from there to the birth pool, but I had to stop three times in that space um, anyway, when I got there, like Dad was nearly finished filling the pool, um, and I, I like I got straight in, and my husband turned up, and and um, I, like I said before, I just I like that intimacy of it being my husband and I, and so I didn't feel comfortable birthing with my dad there, and mm. I remember like holding on. Um, so he he put the last bucket of water in the pool, and he goes, I think that's enough. I'll go out now, and he shut the door and the baby was born like a minute later no and my husband who was still in his fire brigade uniform he just rolled up his <sighs> sleeves you know and I like, <laughs> caught the baby and that was it like oh um and then a few minutes later uh, my mum turned up home from the library with the kids and they all met her so mm. that was really nice.
0: so beautiful is there ever any I don't want to say fears maybe concerns that you you're giving birth so quickly you're not going to make it in time
1: yeah to be honest I didn't start getting fears um until so my fifth baby was posterior um and her labor was quite long compared to the rest of mine (laughs) um so it went for about six hours and it was very stop start and um like really frustrating and real a real mind battle um and I, re- I remember after about, you know, four hours, I was just like,
0: this is taking so long. Mm. <laughs> like,
1: how do people do this? <laughs> um,
0: yeah. And that's like a normal amount of time for most
1: yeah. birds. <laughs> um, and... It was, she, it was quite painful, especially the pushing stage. It was just okay. really painful and I was just so frustrated by it taking so long that I didn't listen to my body anymore and I just, like, pushed her out as hard as I could just for it to fall over. Um, so she was my fifth and mm. then I remember with my sixth I just had a lot of fears around the pain mm. um, and and just wondering how I would cope with that and, like, going, I just, I just don't want to do this this time like Mm. so all of them was just so great and peaceful and beautiful and much the same up until yeah that fifth where I had that posterior baby and then my sixth I just carried a lot of fear around the pain of what her delivery was going to be like um and I got to about 38 weeks and I I I opened up to my husband about it and I said I just like I'm scared I don't want to go through that pain and he goes well you know you're gonna have to (laughs) So what what do you need to do to work through that, you know? Um, and I said, oh, like at, at that stage I hadn't even like set anything up or organised anything because I was just so trying to avoid it, you know, like going, oh, that, that won't happen. <laughs> I won't give birth. The baby will just land in my arms yeah, or of something. Course. Um, <laughs> um, so he said, oh, why don't you – you haven't set anything up like you have with the others. Why don't you put your time into doing that and, you know, uh, set up your birth affirmations and all of that and just really get yourself in that mindset again? Um, and so I did that, and and that's that really helped me. That really helped me overcome the fear of the pain and go, no, this this is going to be beautiful again, just like my others. Like, um, yeah, and I had an excellent delivery with her as well. This is so beautiful. Mm.
0: So rewinding now back to birth number three, what was that experience like for you?
1: Yeah, so this time I invited a friend in, um, which I'd never done before. Uh, so she was a nurse and she was recently married and hadn't had any of her own children yet, but she was just, she just loved the birthing process. And I said, oh, would you like to come and watch my birth? Because I felt like being invited to someone's birth really helped me um, in my birthing process. So I wanted to offer that to someone else. Um, yeah, so that was really beautiful, um, to have her there. It was, it was really lovely. And, um, that was at my parents' house again, only because we weren't living with them anymore. Um, but our house, we'd moved into a transport and we're building at another place and it wouldn't fit a birth pool or anything. So, um, yeah. And it was really like, it was the first time I'd had to travel in labor, which was different um because I'd gone into labor at my own house and then traveled to my parents to deliver um and so that was an experience yeah yeah Uh, being in the car with contractions I was like oh I don't really like this yeah um um, but it was it was very textbook as well and um so that was number four, yeah, and um, my, was
0: that one quick again?
1: It was about that three hours. Yeah. Um. So yeah, fairly quick, but enough to give me notice, you know, yeah. to make it there and stuff. <laughs> um. Yeah. It probably I would say much the same as um my third birth. Um. That same sort of yeah, three hours. I had like the irritable uterus again, so I had lots of pre labor and um, but I did know when I. Finally went into labor so yeah so that was number four and then number fifth was posterior birth um
0: did you know anything about posterior positioning <coughs> at that stage or
1: i i didn't know what posterior was and i should have picked up on the signs um even even in pregnancy like i just had legs and feet full at the front which i'd never had before like i remember saying oh it's like there's an alien in my stomach because i can actually grab feet at the front of my stomach which should have obviously clicked on the fact that you know baby's facing out um but I just didn't click with that um and it was a bit of a hard pregnancy I had a lot of sciatic nerve pain um and pelvic pain and that could have been because of positioning as well I was a bridesmaid three times including on my due date
0: oh wow
1: <laughs> not in my hometown <laughs> wow. yeah so I you know went to this wedding in this you know, $9 Kmart heels. But, yeah, anyway, it was a beautiful wedding and I would have missed it for the world. And I, I even would have, like, I packed my birth bag to deliver in Bundaberg, um, you know, where the wedding was, which was two hours from home just in case. Um, You know, and if, if I had had her the night before, I still would have been in the wedding. Like, I was, like, committed, you know. <laughs> that is
0: committed
1: in fact it got to it got to hair and makeup in the morning and i was like this is the cutoff now baby yeah like (laughs) you you haven't come now so you've got to stay in for the day yes we would we would prefer not to give birth at the altar (laughs) exactly (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. um and so that was yeah uh, that was my fifth and i actually went four days over which is the first time i've ever been overdue as well like past post dates or whatever
0: wow yeah um
1: which should have clued me on to like the malpositioning positioning of her as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So when things started to take a little bit longer, obviously you have, you know, a few birds to sort of compare to. What was your mindset at that stage when you realised, yeah. okay, this one's starting to look a little bit different?
1: Yeah. Um, I guess I, I, drew on a lot of those tools that I never really had to use, that I knew that I never really had to use in my other um, births. Mm.
0: Um,
1: so, you know, I, I thought more about, um, you know, keeping upright and changing positions and, you know, I used my birth ball for the first time, which I'd never had time to use before. I, mm. like... It was actually quite beautiful because, you know, like my whole family's there at my parents' place and, you know, they were all just around, like my brothers and sisters and my mum and my dad and my husband. He took me out into the vegetable garden and we'd like pick some strawberries and like I would like stop during contractions and just lean on him and then like, yeah. It, so it, in a way it was nice to enjoy labour, if you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, have like, that slow build yeah, up.
1: Exactly, yeah, yeah um so that part of it was really nice it was just the pain at the end that was
0: yeah a lot,
1: lot. <laughs> yeah it was a lot yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> and so where are your children while you're giving birth obviously you live on almost like a compound so do you guys all support each other and yeah yeah um
1: we we do uh so uh it's my sister um married my brother-in-law um oh, nice. so my husband's brother yeah and so they have three of their own and um, expecting another one, and she's had all um, home free births as well. And I helped out at some of those births, um, which was really beautiful. Um, so yeah, we just—I don't know—I just couldn't imagine doing it with any other one, else, anyone else there. Like we just get along really well. We have the same parenting styles. Like yeah, it, it just really works well.
0: Yeah. Well, it's that village vibe, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, that's kind of what we're all lacking in society now, having your village and community yeah, around yep, you. Yeah, definitely, yeah. So take us to your next birth. You said you were more fearful this time around. Um, so when that fear sort of comes in, is at any point, do you think, oh, maybe I'll go to hospital for this one? I don't know. Is that even a possibility in your mind or? <laughs> um, I had
1: considered it slightly by that point but only because and this sounds ridiculous but I would have got a little bit more of a postpartum rest
0: yeah no that makes total sense of course
1: you know like I could just lay in bed and snuggle my baby and not have any yeah (laughs) Yeah. Um,
0: that is a valid point that excites me and I'm
1: not even pregnant yeah yeah so um once I got past that and just organised what my postpartum was going to look like and where my support was going to come from, it just, you know, I, I was fine with not having that hospital experience.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, so, yeah, that was number six. And number seventh was actually my first hospital birth.
0: Okay. Um,
1: yeah, so I um, – they're not really sure what caused it, but I had an um, antipartum hemorrhage. Um oh. At thirty-four weeks. So, uh, so it's just like when you hemorrhage before you have the baby, sort of thing. Right. Um, So it it wasn't uh, when they say hemorrhage, you you know, you think that you're just bleeding out everywhere. It was a lot of blood, but it wasn't enough for me to have a transfusion or anything like that. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, But obviously, it was a concerning amount of blood. Um, And so I was doing uh, the midwifery group practice at that time. I don't really know why. Oh, yeah, I do know why. So I just wanted to keep my options open a little bit, but I had – they knew my history at the hospital Mm. (laughs) and they knew that I would probably just birth at home and they were kind of – I wouldn't say that they were okay with it, but they just were like, well, she's just going to do what she's going to do, so we may as well make this (laughs) safer. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like my midwife is a bit like, you know, if – you have a baby at home people aren't going to believe you if you say you just didn't make it mm. because you have fast labours <laughs> yeah so um that was fine but um i rang my midwife when i had this bleed and i was already feeling not well when my beautiful mum had offered to take my kids again <laughs> um when she saw how poorly i looked and i'd gone for a lay down and when i woke up i had this, this this big gush of blood and um so I rang my midwife and I said, oh, you know, like I tried laying down and, you know, I'm still bleeding. What do you think I should do? And she goes, you definitely should come in and get checked, mm. um, bearing in mind that, yeah, I'm only 34 weeks at this stage. Um, and, you know, like I'd by this stage number seven, I'd be having pre-labour from 28 weeks onwards, like just hours and hours of contractions every day. And uh, it was really tiring. And so, you know, this was like any other day where I'd have some tightenings and things like that. And so I went, all right, well, I guess I'll go up to the hospital. And, you know, I hadn't packed a hospital bag or anything because I was having home birth. Mm -hmm. Um, So (laughs) I took my laptop to try and do some work. Um, And I thought, oh, well, you know, while I'm up there getting monitored, I might get some work done. um, I got up there and they put the monitors on me and they just hit the emergency button and just, like, everyone come rushing in. And, yeah, um, baby's heart rate was over 200, which, like, I didn't know at the time. They didn't really communicate much to me. Um, and I didn't really, like I said, I, I think I was a bit naive because I didn't really think that anything was wrong. I'd never been to hospital before. So I thought this might have been just a normal hospital experience oh, yes. <laughs> at this stage oh my gosh so funny <laughs> oh this must be what happens when you go to hospital <laughs> like well <laughs> it is in a way do. anyway <laughs> um, so they um i must have been fairly dehydrated they think um they put they squeezed um half a liter of fluids into me um within like 10 minutes and then they squeezed another bag in um and baby's heart rate came down from there but the obstetrician that was observing me she was like look we thought your center had come away and that we were just going to be prepping you for a c-section at this stage um but things have settled down so we're happy to like keep going and I was still bleeding quite a bit um anyway so our hospital won't deliver babies under 36 weeks uh so we have to fly to a different hospital Mm. um yeah so she was just sitting there, arming and ahhing. She could see tightenings on the monitor, um, but I couldn't feel them at all. Um, I just get them so often that I just don't feel them anymore. <laughs> mm. Um, so she goes, oh, but, you know, can you feel that? Can you see that tightening? I said, look, lady, like, I've been having these since 28 weeks. Like, this could be just nothing.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and so she was just arming and aring whether to put me on the flight or not, um, because, like I said, they just didn't have the facilities to care for a 34-weeker at that hospital. Um, And she rang around and usually I would send to Brisbane, but Brisbane didn't have any neonatal beds. Um, The next one is Townsville um, and they didn't have any neonatal beds and so the next one apparently would have been Adelaide.
0: Oh, wow.
1: Um, But she managed to convince Townsville to take me. Um, So they put me on a Royal Flying Doctor flight Um, within about two hours and i was flown up there so uh like i said this is my first hospital experience um they couldn't fit my husband on the care flight so i went by myself um and i i touched down up there um i I had to wear a catheter on the flight which i would never had before either (laughs) because they'd put so much fluid into me there was no way i was going to make it that long without going to the bathroom
0: yeah. um
1: and uh when I arrived up there um they said oh you know we'll take the it out for you you can go and have a sleep and I remember saying to the nurse can you just leave it in till after I've had my sleep yeah so that I just don't have to get up 300 times to go to the bathroom yeah right that makes sense <laughs> anyway she was like that's actually really smart yeah we'll do that anyway um so they had me in the observation room there still um the Townsville Hospital apparently has a beautiful birthing facility um, but not for people that are considered high risk, obviously. Um, anyway, I didn't know any of that at the time. Uh, so she, yeah, they just said, all right, we'll just leave you to it, have a sleep, we'll come back in a few hours sort of thing. And um, I did sleep for about two hours and it was about, I don't know, it was about about 8 a.m. by that stage and my husband had jumped on a commercial flight and to get to Townsville, On a commercial flight, you have to fly down to Brisbane and then catch another flight up to Townsville. Um, So it's quite an ordeal. Mm. And I rang him because things were starting to really, like, heat up by this stage. Um, I rang him and he'd just gotten off his Brisbane leg and was ready to board his Townsville leg. And I I was just crying over the phone. I said, like, you're not going to make it. And I'm going to have to do this on my own. (laughs) Oh, I still get emotional my shot thinking about it, honestly. Um, And... I was like I can't do this on my own and he just said to me like you can do this like it's always been just you like wow. I was there but you've done it every time on your own mm. um so beautiful. and so I was like yeah <laughs> okay right, right I'll do it <laughs> anyway so I remember um yeah I hung up and I said to one of the nurses like all right well uh, this is like it's go time now if you want to get anything organized or you want to shift me from this room now is the time to do it and they were like okay yeah no worries and I don't know maybe I just was a little bit too calm or something um and they just, leave me. <laughs> but they just left and then when they finally came back I, I said to the lady uh, to the midwife I said you have 20 minutes tops before this baby's here so whatever you want to do, whoever you want to call, you've got 20 minutes. And she looked at me and she's like, okay. And she went away and she must have been gathering the people she needed or whatever, but baby was born in the next five
0: minutes. Oh, wow. Were you by yourself
1: <laughs> yes. or? No, they, they had come back in. She must have seen it in my eyes, like, mm. you know, like, yeah, okay, now's the time sort of thing. Um, anyway, so she... I, I just like, I remember crying the whole time. I don't want to do this alone, sort of thing. Mm. And, but they were so lovely, you know, and, and baby was born fully in call. So, um, I, I remember being up to my hands and knees and, and baby came out fully in close in that, um, in the sack. And I didn't see it, but all the other doctors just went, whoa, like this. Mm. And, you know, because I couldn't see what's happening. I was like, oh, what are they saying, wow, about like, um, but none of them had ever seen that before. Um, yeah, so they were all like just in awe of the you know, the side of that. But you know, that later, you know, I I figured out that they they only see the high risk births and the interventions of births and sort of things. So that's why they wouldn't have seen that, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, so she was uh, she was a good weight, she was about two point four kilos. Um and she spent about eight days in special care okay. all um, right. no before they sent us home. She's okay. pretty good. Right. Bye.
0: Bye. Amazing. And was it really difficult for you to be separated not only from your baby but from all of your other children as well?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. It. I'll, I'll just say that like my family back home are just so amazing, mm-hmm. and so I just like I I had no doubts that they were just 100 being looked after and doted on and cared for so i knew that i could put 100 percent of my energy into this new baby that i had to look after and in a way it was good because yeah that's that's all i did is i i just ate and i pumped and i i just sat in that chair next to her bed for 12 hours a day and held her on my chest like yeah, yeah so we talk about that we talked about that rest that you get postpartum like mm being in the hospital, like, that that was my rest that I needed, Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, just just God knew I needed that rest and that's how I gave it to me. (laughs)
0: And that's literally the uh, only way you would have got it, right?
1: Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, And, yeah, I just, like, I I attribute that me being able to just hold her for that long during the day and to, you know, um, even just feed her on my breast while she was being given given the nasal gastric tube and all of that just – helped us go home earlier, you know.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: How were you feeling after that experience? Were you holding any trauma from it?
1: It was traumatic and I I don't think I really actually understood how traumatic it was until I was pregnant with my eighth baby Mm. Um, and I chose to have a hospital birth with her and I think a lot of that came through from just – the concern I had about my last birth like yeah um and the fact my husband was working away at the time so he had gone to um the firefighting academy in Brisbane for four months um and the baby was due in the last three weeks of his course so um he wasn't guaranteed to be there um yeah so I I I, like I had in my mind that I would be delivering without him again and I didn't I didn't want to do that at home I wanted to be in the hospital because I'd never delivered a baby at home by myself without him. <laughs> um, yeah, so I did have a hospital birth and I I just wasn't really in a great mental state with her, to be honest. Like I just, I guess I had just blocked everything out from the last birth traumatic-wise and it was just like, no, nope, the hospital's know best now. They know what's best for my body and... I'll just do whatever they tell me to do and I was just yeah I I would never do that again <laughs> mm. yeah <laughs> but yeah I like the birth was fine and and the midwife I had was really lovely like we got up there with my husband she'd filled the pool I got in the pool she let my husband do everything that he would have done at home like catch the baby like put it to my chest everything like she she said, "Oh, that was the easiest birth I've ever done because I didn't do anything." <laughs> yeah. um, and you know, I went home. I think we self discharged in the end. I just went home as soon as I was ready. And um, but yeah, um, it just it just didn't have the same unity as my other home births did. Like
0: yeah it's so cool that you get to have those comparisons because you had what would be considered the ultimate outcome for a hospital birth experience as undisturbed as it gets really. And to be able to compare that to your previous births and know that regardless of that positive experience and outcome that you had in hospital, you still feel that at home and being alone with your husband is where you feel the most safety and sacredness, you know?
1: Yeah, definitely, yeah. Um, Yeah, and, and yeah, I just think I felt like that. I I had to answer to other people and Mm. I shouldn't have had to answer to anyone else. It was just me and my body and my birth. So, yeah. Um, So then when I fell pregnant with my ninth, so my youngest boy, um, he, I started off seeing the hospital again and going through MGP and when I got to about 20 weeks, I think I'd only seen my midwife once and they – because I ticked so many high-risk boxes now that I was over 30 and I'd had more than, you know, five births or all of that sort of stuff, they, they just pushed me into this box that I didn't want to be in anymore. Um, and all my meets with, with obstetricians and I was like, this is not the type of care that I had signed up for. Um so I rang at like twenty weeks and quit, <laughs> basically.
0: <laughs> were they, they said, okay with that? Oh,
1: they were not happy okay. about it at all. Um, in fact, they threatened to call the CPS, Child Services.
0: Oh no, they uh, didn't. Yeah, what? Um, and my
1: husband was really panicked about that. Um, you know, he goes, oh, you know, like, make sure you clean up all the breakfast dishes in the morning so that if they turn up, you know, there's not a mess after breakfast. And I was like, what are they going to say if they turn up to my house and there's dirty dishes in the sink? Yeah. Great. You fed your children today? Exactly. Like, honestly. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, I, I said that if, if they come to my place, I, I'm really not afraid because we have really well cared for children mm. and, like, they have nothing to go for. And... When, when I had told them that I was not going with that model of care anymore, um, I was still seeing my GP, who actually um, was the standby obstetrician for the private hospital at the time, and they they should have been fine with that because I was not, not getting any care. I had just chosen a different model of care. Yeah. And so I just went back to, no, I, I just need to go back to, you know, what I did at the start and the root of like birthing naturally and all of that so I just went and read the literature that you know I had read as a teen basically and you know
0: what is the literature that you read well
1: yeah I to be honest I used just a lot of blogs and things like that and um you know just drew a lot from other women's experiences and and took that as inspiration of my own as well um so and just use that to um, you know envision the sort of delivery that I wanted. Um, so yeah, I um, when I went to labor with my knife, I was, I was ready
0: for it yeah Yeah. I love that so much you've had that full spectrum of experiences you know from um, birthing autonomously at home with just your husband present to then navigating you know birth trauma then returning to your roots of birthing the way the women in your lineage have done it before you so how did it feel to walk back into that space of birthing in sovereignty
1: Um, yes so I did have moments of being fearful of the pain um but they were fleeting and I just put all of my energy into um like creating the sort of birth atmosphere that I wanted and I have to remember too that you know like having this many children like we think that you know maybe maybe the ninth is our last. this could be the last time I deliver a baby so I just want to make it everything you know Yeah. yeah um So, yeah, I just, you know, I had this – we'd moved into a new house at this stage and I'd I'd built a big corner bar purely for birthing. (laughs) Um, And, you know, I just set up that space as my own. I put up my affirmations. I had everything laid out. Like, um, yeah, and so when I did go into labour and, you know, like I said, I get this pre-labour for months – and so I wasn't really sure if I was or not. I, my husband was at work, and he's like we have still firefighter, so he was on night shift. And he would always text me at night and go, "How are you feeling?" Because they sleep at the station um, until they get called out. And he said, "I'm going to go to sleep now. Are you feeling okay?" You know, and he would he would message me that every time he was on night shift, um, so that he would know whether to be alert or not during the night. Um, and I said, "Oh." I feel a bit different tonight. Like, I still get in these tightenings but they feel different. And he said, well, do you want me to come home now before I go to bed or do you want to see how it goes? And I said, just leave it an hour and I'll let you know. Um, so he stayed up an extra hour. It was about 10 o'clock by this stage, um, maybe 11. And I said, yeah, I think you should come home. Um, so he did. But this is the first time he's ever really been, like, other than that posterior labour I had, which was during the day, um, and this one was at night birth, he'd never really be involved in, like, the labour side. Mm. Like, he's always involved in the birth side. But I would normally wake him up, like, half an hour before I deliver or call him in about half an hour before I'm ready to have the baby. So, like, I, I don't mind just labouring on my own. Um, yeah, so, you know, he sat around with me for a bit up until about, like, one o'clock at night um and he goes oh how's things going i said oh look it's really on and off i don't know it could take a while now Um, you know i I guess i'd had that posterior experience so i was like okay you know this could go on for a bit (laughs) lower my expectations there a bit (laughs) (laughs) Um, i said why don't you go to bed and i'll just wake you up when when i'm ready Um, And so he went and did that and I just laboured by myself. Um, I did notice that things were moving more when I was upright. So I tried to be upright as much as possible. Um, And I went and got him when, you know, I was starting to struggle on my own. Um, And he said, well, I think like he's just like so, I don't know whether it's like the experience of having been there for like eight babies being born. But he's just so into it. He's just like, oh, I can tell you're ready for the pool now. (laughs) And, I love that. you know, he can, he can just tell when my sounds are different and that like what part of labor it is and all mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. Like, and even sometimes if I'm watching a birth video and he hears the, like the lady in the birth video, like making these different sounds, he's like, oh, that baby's only 10 minutes away. Like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> oh, he's just so funny. Anyway.
1: So, um, you know, I, I got down into the pool and the contractions like just pretty much stopped and he said, "Well, why don't you stand up again?" And so I'd stand up, and I'd get a contraction, and then I'd just sit down again and rest, and they would stop. And so, basically, um, he was—he was cruel. <laughs> I'd say, because I would—I would stand up, I'd get a contraction, and drop to my knees, and then as soon as it was over, he would be like, "You need to stand up again." And then I would stand up and I'd get another contraction and drop to my knees. And then every time it finished, he would say, you need to stand up again. And, like, looking back, I obviously I really appreciate it. But at the time, I was just like, this is cruel. I don't want to stand up because every time I stand up, I get another contraction. <laughs> if I just stay down here in the water, they don't start again. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, he obviously knew that if I was going to, you know, keep it moving and have it done, then I just had to keep standing up. Mm. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and so, yeah, in the end... Um, We had had, uh, now let me count, six girls in a row. Oh, wow. And um, this was a little boy. So um, that was really exciting for him as a dad as well, um, second little boy. And so, yeah, um, like the delivery part went just beautifully and he was just so excited to hold another son. Yeah so that was really lovely yeah
0: do you do anything special with your placentas
1: um I did at the start so I was like planting a tree on top of them uh, and then I got a bit lazy and (laughs) I would like put them in an ice cream can and put them in the freezer and be like yeah I'll plant a tree on that later and then like five years later when I cleaned out the freezer I was like oh okay there's like three placentas in
0: here now what am I gonna do (laughs)
1: Um, and so, um, we ended up just this, this sounds so horrible, but like on, on my family farm that we're at, um, we have what's called a burn pit and we just put anything that we can burn like, you know, um, cardboard or green waste or whatever in this pit and we would burn it. Um, and you know, if we butchered a cow, we would put the waste of the cow in there and, and burn it to dispose of the remains sort of thing. And so that's what we ended up doing with the plaza, is we just added it to the burn pit. Okay, got it. <laughs> so I would like to say it was like more like of a ritual, but it really wasn't. Yeah.
0: And what about your afterbirth care? Is there anything – what's your process for that? Do you go and see anyone <coughs> after you've given birth just to do a once-over?
1: Um, so usually within 24 hours I will go and um, present to my GP that has been giving me care for my pregnancy. Um, and they will write a stat deck saying that they witnessed while I was pregnant, me I was pregnant, and now that I have attended and presented with a live baby boy or girl, um, yeah, um, so that I can get a birth certificate <laughs> pretty much. Um, so, um, and then they'll do all any new- newborn baby checks and they'll check me as well. Um, so that's within 24 hours. I usually go and do that. Um. It wasn't until my ninth baby that I came across the book, uh, The Postnatal Depletion Cure. Oh, I love that book. Yeah. And I wish that I had read that eight babies ago. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, Because I really pushed myself every single postpartum period to just, well, I just, I witnessed my mum. She would just, she'd just get up and make everyone breakfast and like just be on the go, like. And she never whinged about it. She's just she's just super mum, to be honest. And that was my representation of what the postpartum period was supposed to be like. So, that's kind of what I did. And I do regret that now. I wish that I had just taken in that fourth trimester and just not done anything.
0: Yeah. That's hard to yeah. do, though, when you've got little kitties running around. <laughs> it is. You know. But do they... I guess at some point they all just start looking after each other do they,
1: they do yeah and like my older ones you know they are like 13 14 15 now um they're so helpful and like we have systems in place and everyone everyone understands that you know the family is a team and that a team member has to put in their effort as well and like my eldest like you know i've got a photo of her like a few days after i had my last baby and she's you know she's vacuuming and she's like making food for the kids and like she Yeah, she just, she's just got that caring nature. Well, she'll just look at me and she'll be like, Mum, you look so tired. Why don't you go and lay down? You know, yeah, just lovely.
0: Mm. You said that you're not breastfeeding anymore, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. So I stopped feeding my
0: last one. He was about 18 months old and he's now two and a half. That's a nice gap that you've had so far. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, So my husband and I used that opportunity to go away for our first time in 15 years together. Without a baby
0: <laughs> oh wow what was that like
1: oh so we went to Tassie <laughs> for 10 days and it was amazing
0: it was so great oh I bet you wouldn't have known what to do with yourself with all that time <laughs> oh
1: yeah <laughs> it was just so different like even when I was planning it we, we motorhomed around I was like do you think that we can do this activity in the morning and still have time to do this activity in the afternoon and my husband <laughs> me and he goes it won't take us two hours to get ready yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's just us we can be ready in 10 minutes
0: exactly 10 minutes we can do two
1: activities in one day
0: (laughs) oh I've never related to something more so zooming out and looking at your entire experience what would be your key piece of advice for any expectant mothers out there listening there's a few things I guess
1: birthing where you feel most comfortable is a huge thing like you know some people say, "Oh, I could never have our own birth. Like, I just wouldn't feel comfortable doing that." Then that's not where you're supposed to deliver. Mm. Like, you know, if you don't feel comfortable in a hospital, that's not where you're supposed to deliver. You just have to feel 100% comfortable wherever you're having your baby. Yeah that's probably the main thing yeah
0: amazing wow what a story hey nine babies i take my hat off to you <laughs> and the fact that we were able to get through that many birth stories within an hour is impressive alone. Yeah. so <laughs> thank you so much alana for coming on today and sharing your journey with us it has been a pleasure
1: no worries sky thanks so much for having me on
0: That brings us to the end of today's episode. Alana's story is truly captivating and sheds light on the beauty of birth, presenting us with nine different variations of her birthing process, serving as a reminder that the journey of childbirth is far from being a linear experience. Each and every birth is remarkable and unique. No two births are the same. And it underlines the fact that while we can learn so much from other stories and experiences, You should always approach your own birth with an open mind to its unfolding, holding nothing but deep trust and surrender to your unique process. I hope you all enjoyed today's episode. If you love PBA, your feedback helps us to reach more women who need it and to continue bringing you inspiring stories each week thank you so much for being a part of our community. We'll be back next week with another episode of Positive Birth Australia. Until then, take care, stay curious, and continue to embrace the beauty of